Trinity Baptist Church. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teachings. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. The word of the Lord. We are um, starting a new series this morning that I'm excited about, but before we start that, I want us to not move away from taking new ground just yet. We, you heard James announce this prayer initiative that we want to do, and this is a way that we can actually begin to take new physical ground in our city by praying for the blocks of our city. What you're going to see downstairs, you can sign up. There's these sign-up cards down there, and you'll see a map of all the blocks of, well, we kind of, we took the map of New York, and we, we found out where everybody lived, okay? So what we'd love for you to do is we would love for you to pray um, over your neighborhoods, Pray over the blocks that you walk to the subway. Pray over the blocks that you walk from the subway to your office. And so what we want to do is we want to take a highlighter and we want to we highlight all the blocks that we're going to be praying for um, over this summer. And so go downstairs, look at the map, sign up, and, and just commit to pray for five or six blocks. As you walk to the subway, as you walk to the bus, pray for those blocks. Pray for those businesses. Pray for the people who live in those apartment buildings. Um, When you get off of the subway, pray for the blocks that you walk from there to your office so that we're we're covering the city. And I just think it's going to be exciting to see how many blocks of the city that we we are covering, that we are taking new ground for the cause of Christ. All right? So that's my little... Um, charge to do that. Um, so we're starting this series on um, called Words to Live By. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had somebody in your life, friend, relative, somebody that you were fairly close to, that you watched them make decisions where you just stood back and you just went, oh my gosh. If they had just really thought that through to the end, they never would have chosen to do that. And they wouldn't be in this terrible place that they're in. Or they wouldn't have caused the pain that they're causing. Do you know anybody that's ever done that? A few of us? Okay. Have you ever been that person? Yeah. Yeah. 
We've all, we've all got, been in this situation where we're going, dang, you know, I, if I had just thought this through, I wouldn't be here. If I had only known this, I wouldn't be in this situation. But I did it anyway. You know, we've, we've all had those times in our lives. Adult pedagogy is the study of how adults learn is not like children pedagogy, child pedagogy. Um, what, what they found is that adults generally learn in crisis. Now, the problem with learning in crisis or from crisis is that the crisis comes before the learning, right? And so you have to go through this thing where you're, you're oh man, why did I do this? Why am I in this place? Wouldn't it be great if we could get ahead of the curve? Wouldn't it be great if, if we could be out in front of that and so that we could live life in a way that we experience the abundance that Christ came to give us without having to go through all the mess? Right? I, it'd be awesome if we could do that. Well... It'd be great if we had an app on our phone, wouldn't it? You know, the, the wisdom app, where, you know, you just type in, you know, the scenario that you're in, and all of a sudden the decision comes up, and, and so now you know exactly what to do. Wouldn't that be awesome? Truth is, we kind of have that already. You see, God has given us his word so that we can navigate all of these um, areas of gray that we live in. We all know that life is not black and white. Um, We live in shades of gray. And we need to know how to walk through those sometimes. And we we want wisdom to tell us how to do it. Well, friends, God's already given it to us. All we need to do is is look at it and apply it, learn it. What we're going to do for the next um, two months, next uh, ten weeks, is we're going to try to mine the Proverbs because nowhere is God's wisdom more uh, directly given to us than in the book of Proverbs. It's kind of the, the Twitter book of the Bible. Um, you just have these little tweets of wisdom. Sometimes they're not even 140 characters. You know, you just read it and go, wow, if I would have read that, you know, if I would have known this, and I'd be like a really wise person. So we're going to try to mine that over the next number of weeks. In the narthex, on your way out, we've got these postcards. One is a little bit larger, so you can write a note on somebody and invite them to come. Or one is just a business card that you can hand out. And it has the words to live by that we're going to look into. Uh, This morning we're looking at the word guard. Next week we're going to look at the word fear. Um, You can just go through this. And in a few weeks we're going to look at the word tact. And if you know somebody who lacks tact, you can just circle that and hand it to them. You know, and just, hey, join us for the series. Um, You know, so we're going to look at some things that I think will help us to get ahead of the curve so that we don't have to go through the crisis before we learn. 
but we can live with wisdom um, before it all happens. So what I want us to do for the next, that's all kind of preamble to what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, I want you to do something. I want, we, did, we haven't greeted each other yet, so I'd like for you to, to look around. You can even stand up, and I want you to find one person that you don't know, and I want you to introduce yourself. Um, hi, my name's Keith. How long have you been at Trinity? I've been here 22 years. Um, maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been here three weeks, whatever. Um, how long you've been at Trinity? And then I want you to tell them one thing Maybe two things, but at least one thing that you guard. One thing that you protect. One thing that you try to keep safe. Okay? So, you got one minute. Turn. Find somebody you don't know. Greet them. How long you've been here? What's one thing that you guard? Fifteen more seconds. All right, time's up. wants to share their one thing? Somebody, come on. What do you guard? The innocence of her children. children. Somebody else. Children. Your health. I'm sorry? Time. Your what? Her husband. Guards her salvation. How many of you have um, at least two locks on the door of your apartment? How many of you have at least three locks on the? How many of you have more than three locks on? The, <laughs> we guard our stuff, right? How many of you have passwords for your computer that are at least 10 characters long? And you got caps and numbers thrown in there too, right? Yeah. We, we go to all kinds of measures to guard stuff. 
to protect it, right? Why? Because it's important to us. But what does wisdom say we need to guard above all else? Our hearts. Anybody say that? Crystal said that. A few people said, you guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Meaning, everything we do flows from our heart. Uh, when, when we talk about heart in our culture, um, we, we tend to think of it as our emotions and our feelings and our affections. And so when we talk about, you know, in, in our culture to, to think about guarding our heart, it's kind of like, oh, I, I, I don't want anybody to hurt me. But biblically, heart encompasses a whole lot more than our emotions and our affections. Biblically, uh, heart means it's, it's your moral center. It's, it's the core of your being. It, it's the essence of who you are. Your heart is what makes you, you. And so what Solomon is saying to his son is, and what David said to Solomon, and now what, what Solomon is passing on to his son, is um, above everything else. Above everything else, you need to guard your heart. To, to guard something means to keep it safe from harm, uh, to protect it, to watch over it, to, to keep close watch on it. The Hebrew word for guard is very emphatic. It means to be vigilant about guarding it, to, about pr- protecting it. And so Solomon says to his son, he says, listen to my instruction." He says, son, this is how life works. After living a lot of years, after, after seeing a lot of things, he says, above all else, above your computer, above your home, above um, your husband, above even your children, you need to guard your heart because it is out of the heart that everything else flows. The exhortation is make the condition of your heart the most important concern you have. And in practical terms, that means that sometimes other things will need to get less of your time so that you can give more of your time to guarding your heart. Um, it means that, that guarding your job or guarding your possessions or guarding your health or guarding your family even needs sometimes to take a back seat so that you can guard your heart. My wife is terrific at this, and I didn't talk to her about this, but um, I don't think you'll be embarrassed. Um, Deanne knows when her heart needs some attention. And so she'll go on Priceline and she'll book a hotel room within an hour of the city 
for one night where she can just go and be by herself and spend time in her journal and spend time with the Lord just to guard her heart, to, to refresh her soul, to, to get everything back in order. Um, that's the kind of priority that we need to take with our heart. In the 1600s, there was a Puritan writer named John Flavel. And he wrote about this one verse, to guard your heart above all else. And he wrote over a hundred pages on this, just this one verse. Because, well, that's what Puritans did. You know, they just did that. But part of what he wrote about guarding your heart is that, that our hearts are like a musical instrument. And sometimes, you know, you tune it and it sounds perfect and it's just right. But if you hang it up for a few days and the weather comes, you know, and the humidity, it gets out of tune. Or somebody bumps it and it, and it gets out of tune. Our hearts are like that. Everything can be going just great. But then something happens and it gets out of tune. I have this prayer that's on my desk in my office. And I look at it. I don't know, three or four times a week. And it says, um, Dear Lord, I'm doing all right. I haven't, uh, I haven't gossiped. I haven't been greedy. I haven't been grumpy or nasty or uh, selfish or overindulgent. And I'm thankful for that. But Lord, in a few minutes, I'm getting out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need some more help. You feel that way sometimes? You know, you get up and, and you're feeling good and everything's going right with the world. And then you go to the office. And that project is not where it needs to be. And, and, or that person that rubs you the wrong way is there. And, and, and all of a sudden, your heart gets out of tune. We need to keep tuning it. We need to guard it. So what does it mean to guard your heart? What does it mean to guard it above all things? It means that you pay attention to what's going on in the core of your being. It means that you, you look at what's on the inside because what's on the inside impacts, or actually not impacts, but determines what comes out. It determines your action because everything you do flows from your heart. You know, Jesus said the same thing. Jesus said that, that the actions of a man, the actions of a person are determined by what's on the inside. He said in Matthew 5, 28, Jesus says, I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her, where? In his heart. He said, if you have a lust problem, what you have is a heart problem. In Matthew 6, 21, he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Jesus says, if you've got a greed problem, if you've got a materialism problem, if you've got a, a budgeting problem, if you've got a debt problem, what you really have is a heart problem. In Luke 6, 45, 
he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Somebody cuts you off in traffic, and you open your mouth, what comes out? A blessing or a curse? Well, whatever comes out is what's in your heart. You go into work and, and your boss belittles you or a co-worker says something that rubs you wrong. And you open your mouth, what comes out? See, whatever comes out is, is what's in your heart. Because Jesus says that, that the product of our lips, the product of our mouth, is really a product of what's going on inside. That's what Solomon says. Everything flows from our hearts. Jesus said in Mark 7, 21, he said, For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. What Jesus is saying is if you've got behavioral issues, what you really have is a heart problem. Why do people do evil things? Because they haven't guarded their heart above all else. And they've allowed it to become polluted. And when the heart gets polluted, what flows out of it impacts people. Impacts them negatively. Some of you um, may have heard or read of the... uh, Of, of the pastor of, of this mega church who recently, um, within the last, I don't know, couple of months, was found to have been having multiple affairs. And it devastated his, his church. It devastated his family, obviously. And it has, at least for now devastated his his life I don't know the details I don't need to know the details I'm not I'm not here to throw stones at him my point is that that those affairs didn't happen instantaneously it wasn't it wasn't something that just you know one day he woke up and all of a sudden he started having an affair what happened is he didn't guard his heart. He allowed um, things to go in that, that took his affections away from his wife, that took his affections away from the Lord, that took his um, affections in wrong directions. And because of that, his life, his family's life, his church's life, and, and quite frankly, um, Christianity... Um, the Christian witness has been impacted adversely. Why? Because one guy didn't guard his heart above all else.
too often we try to address issues in our lives with behavior modification. Our culture is big on behavior modification. We, we put rules in place to try to modify our behavior, and, and this is not, it's not bad to do that, but, but basically that's just kind of rearranging the flesh, and it doesn't really transform. It doesn't bring about real change. It's, it's only temporary. It's a temp- temporary fix. You know, one of the great examples of, of this is um, dieting, right? You eat too much. And so what do you do? You modify your behavior. And so you, you know, stop eating and you go to the gym and you do this stuff so that you drop weight and you get in shape and, and all that. Well, Behavior modification often leads to one of two things. It either leads to pride or it leads to despair. Because if you're able to accomplish things in your, in your behavior modification, i.e. dieting, you start looking at people around you and go, well, why are they so fat? You know, why can't they get their eating under control? Why? And so now you have this pride thing going on, or you're not able to drop the weight that you want to drop, and therefore you get depressed and despair because you didn't do it. Behavior modification doesn't change things. Jesus says the only way to really change things in us is to deal with the heart. And that's what Solomon's saying. He's saying you got to deal with the heart. It's a heart issue. It's not a behavior issue. Behavior points to what's going on inside. And the only way you're going to really change what's going on outside is to change what's going on inside. You have to guard your heart. So let's get to the question of how we do that. And this is, this is going to be real easy, okay? It's two steps. It's two things. Now, knowing what the two things are is really easy. Doing the two things is not so easy. All right? The first thing that we have to do in order to guard our heart is we have to recognize that it has to be priority. Get that? You have to recognize This has to come first. The reason why we are starting this this series, Words to Live By, with the word guard is because unless we get this piece in place, the rest of it's just behavior modification. The rest of it's just rearranging the flesh. Unless we understand that guarding our heart has to take top priority, we're not going to get it. And so, above all else, above all else, above your job, above your health, above your stuff, above your family, you guard your heart. Because if you guard your heart, all that other stuff will be taken care of. All that other stuff will happen. But you got to make your heart, guarding your heart, first priority. Second, so did you get that? That's the first thing. 
The second thing is, we have to be vigilant about what goes in. A guard, generally speaking, is in place to keep things out. You lock your door. Why? Because you want to keep people out. You put passwords on your computer. Why? Because you don't want anybody getting into it. You want to keep them out. We have to be vigilant about what goes in. I read an article that analyzed some of the dieting trends affecting our culture. And it showed that the Japanese eat little fat and therefore they have fewer heart problems than Americans or British. Um, It said the French eat a lot of fat and yet they suffer fewer heart problems than the Americans or the British. It said that Italians drink a lot of red wine and they have a lower risk of heart problems than Americans or British. And so the conclusion was, you can eat whatever you want, but speaking English will kill you. Um, That actually has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but we have to be vigilant about what goes in to our hearts. If you struggle with lust, it's because you're reading the wrong books, or you're watching the wrong kind of TV, or you're visiting the wrong kind of internet sites. Um, it's, it's because you're allowing um, garbage in. You know the computer term, um, garbage in, garbage out? Um, you're allowing garbage in. If you have, uh, if you struggle with materialism, it's because you're you're looking at stuff that that is feeding the more monster in you, and you're not being vigilant about what's going in. If if you struggle with anger, it's it's because you're you're allowing control issues or pride issues to go in. You're not guarding your heart. Friends, we have to be vigilant about what goes in if we're going to guard our heart well. Um, We need to be feeding our heart with good things. Solomon, he says in verse 1 that Bob read earlier, he says, listen to my instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. What, what, what Solomon is saying is, son, look, you don't have to be in crisis first. You can learn this stuff before you get into crisis. You can gain wisdom. You can gain understanding. I had dinner with a, with a, a guy a couple of weeks ago. I was sitting at a, at a dinner with him. And he was talking about some of the some of the bad choices, or he was worried that his kids w- were making some bad choices. And he said, "Well, you know, I, I, I guess they'll just have to learn from their mistakes." Um, well, 
while it's true that you can learn from your mistakes, you don't have to make mistakes to learn, right? Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to screw up with the first kid in order to, to parent the second kid right? Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to go through a bunch of really bad relationships in order to get to the one that really works? Wouldn't it be great if you didn't have to go through marriage one and marriage two before you got to marriage three where you got it right? Solomon says you can. Wisdom says you can. Solomon says, listen, son, gain wisdom. Get understanding. Pay attention. He says in verse 20, he says, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. The emphasis is is you can get wisdom before you go through the junk so that you can avoid the junk. You can get ahead of the curve if you'll listen to what I have to say. Solomon exhorts his son to hold this instruction close to his heart. Friends, if we're going to be vigilant about guarding our heart, not only do we have to keep the bad stuff out, but we got to put good stuff in. We got to put the truth of the scriptures in. And as we go through this series, what I would encourage you to do, and some of you might already be doing this, read one chapter of Proverbs every day. It'll take you three minutes. One chapter of Proverbs every day, and these little tweets will just jump off the page at you, and there'll be one that hits you for that day where you go, wow. You know, if I, if I really lived that, that, that would make a difference in my life. We need to put the truth of the scriptures in. We need to keep the bad stuff out, and we need to put the truth in. So the two things, if you're going to guard your heart, first, you make it priority. And second, you pay attention to what's going in. You keep the bad out and you put the good in. It's not rocket science. Over the next 10 weeks, um, we're going to be looking at these words to live by. And I I think it's going to be a a fun series. It's not going to be like Joshua where we're kind of slogging through a book and and really digging in. We're just going to be looking at, at these nuggets of wisdom that the Proverbs have for us. But the place we have to begin is we have to decide that we're going to guard our hearts and we're going to let good stuff come in. There's a verse from Second Chronicles that I think is a, a promise that's true for us. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I think that's true for us today. I think that, that the Lord is looking 
for men and women who are saying, I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to commit my heart fully to God. And when the Lord sees that, he says, I'm going to strengthen you so that you can. We can't do this by ourselves. But we have the promise of the Lord that if we will make a commitment to guard our hearts, that he will strengthen us in that process. Let me pray for us. Lord, I, uh, I know that I don't, I'm not as vigilant as I need to be often about guarding my heart and, and, and it gets out of tune. But I pray, Lord, that for me and, and for all of us, that as, as we go through these next weeks, we will, we will be committed to putting the condition of our heart above all else so that we might experience the abundant life that you came to give us. That we can step into it without failing first, without making mistakes first, but we can put these pieces of wisdom in place and and experience the fullness of life. We pray this for your name's sake.